Russia are promoted. They have their storybook ending. Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm here to talk about episode three of season one titled Rebuilding. I know that I missed this past match. I know that it was a great game. Uh, I was literally in the West Fjords with no cell service, no signal, no nothing. Um, West Fjords of Iceland. Uh, with my family, uh, my wife, my brother, his wife, their kid, and my parents. Uh, so we're all out in Iceland right now. I'm recording this in a car while my entire family is asleep slash eating breakfast. <laughs> um, my view is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, long, green, lush prairie with towering mountains in the background I mean, it doesn't get much better than this. I love Iceland. This is my fourth trip around Iceland, and um, I absolutely love it here. My wife and I would love to buy some land here and, uh, yeah, have a little country house that we come to for one or two months out of the year. I just, I find the landscape absolutely enthralling. I, Me and my brother shot a documentary series about eight years ago, and Iceland, man, what a trip that was. What a, just the number of things you can discover. And every, around like every turn, there's something new and beautiful and completely unexpected. So anyway, a little bit about where I am right now. Um, so apologies if the sound is a little bit lower quality, but it is what it is. All right. Season one, episode three, Rebuilding, the perfect title for this episode. Um, it starts uh, on the Hollywood lots where Ryan did his first thing, where Sonny gets made. Uh, Rob and Ryan discover a fake plaque. Looks real, looks like metal, looks like it's patinating. Um, turns out it's just rubber, it's just a rubber, ugly disgusting fake plaque and yeah i mean rob says it perfectly if that doesn't sum up hollywood uh or that sums up hollywood in just one little item beautiful on the outside full of nothing um yeah yeah thought that was hilarious so then it launches into the brand new theme song which is far more jovial and happy and gives you a much better sense of the rest of the season, I guess. I mean, I know the whole season isn't happy, and I know the ending might not be happy. But uh, I do know that that song sets a much better tone, in my opinion, for each episode. Uh, it's just a delight, and it gets stuck in your head repeatedly, and it's great. <laughs> All right. After that, we're introduced to Sean Winter. We've seen him around before, but we've never really been one-on-one -on -one with him. 
Um, he's a painter. He is bored as crap with painting the exact same paint color every day, which I get. I I hate painting in general. I just friggin' hate it. Whenever we have to paint something in the house, my wife does it because I can't stand it. I think I painted the ceiling of our last house, uh, and that really just set me over the edge. Um, no longer am painting. No longer am doing anything that has to do with paint. That is her her area of expertise. She's a little more uh, patient and detail-oriented with that, so she'll make it look good, and I'll be like, yeah, it's good enough. Done. But at the beginning, Sean Winter doesn't believe that uh, Rob and Ryan are going to buy the team. As with, I'm sure, a lot of people, he thought it was just a publicity stunt. It was just something to get attention. They weren't really serious. But then they come in and they hire Floor Robinson for CEO, who asked not to be featured too much in the documentary. Um, Ryan makes a funny comment about that, but I totally get that. I think the documentary would definitely be a distraction and a problem for, uh, maybe not a problem, but definitely something else to contend with for Floor. And it's probably best if she is just allowed to do her job and do her job well, clearly, uh, and ba basically just be CEO of the team. This, this episode's titled Rebuilding, and it makes the most amount of sense because after the last episode, reality, everything sinks in. They have to get a whole new team. They fire everybody. Uh, they cut a bunch of players. Um, and then they start looking for new managers and new talent. And the first, they have thousands, I think, from what I gathered in that episode, more than a thousand maybe applicants for the job. And the one they want is Phil Parkinson. Of course, they get a thousand applicants for the job and the one they want doesn't want to come there. I mean, that that's, that's typical. <laughs> um, Phil Parkinson has gotten a few teams promoted in the past. They offered him the job, and he said no. What's funny about some of these episodes is, like, you could make an entire three-episode arc out of the negotiations with Phil Parkinson, um, but they decide not to do that, which I think is smart. Like, they don't leave you in suspense for very long. Uh, I think it's only about... Six minutes later in the documentary where Parkinson is officially hired. So it's not like they keep you in suspense for a long time. They're holding on to these little bits and keeping you guessing and keeping you freaking out that they might not get Parkinson. Um, it's clear from the beginning that they're going to get Parkinson. Uh he just doesn't believe that it's necessarily real. You know, two people who have nothing to do with soccer come in and buy a soccer club, football club. It's just, it makes sense why he would be hesitant, especially considering he was up a couple leagues. <coughs> um, and he had had so much success in the past. Like, past, why would he come down to a League 5 team? Or a 5th tier team. Apologies. Um, but 
like any good owner, Rob gets on the phone with him and just hashes it out for about an hour and a half where Rob's convinced he sounded like an asshole. But if he did, then it was a good kind of asshole because Parky was hired. We're then taken over to Sean and Wayne at the turf, freaking out about the season, and we're kind of introduced to Sean's personal life with his kids. Uh, this is the moment when, like, you're immediately endeared to and have complete empathy and sympathy for Sean Winter. Um, he talks about his breakup with his wife. He talks about... Um, his kids and you can tell just right away that he's a good father uh and he admits that he still wants to be together with his wife and that it's killing him which is i just feel like that'd be really hard for a lot of people to say on camera um to a bunch of strangers it's just crazy it, it kind of his whole demeanor during this is kind of admirable um, he's very adaptable. He seems to just accept things, uh, which is not easy for everybody to do. A lot of people live in bitterness and anger and remorse. He seems like whatever the situation is, he'll just make it work. And that's what it is. And this is life. So really liked Sean Winter after this, after this moment. Um, yeah. Immediately afterwards, preseason training begins. They need to get a freaking manager. And then Wayne Jones pops out of the turf, holds up his phone and yells across the street to somebody, Parkinson. <laughs> oh, great. Then it's everyone in the town talking about Phil Parkinson, Parky Fever. Uh, got a manager that has a history of getting clubs promoted. There's, I mean, talk about hope inspiring. Like that is a hire that in and of itself would have probably bought the, bought Robin Ryan three full seasons of good faith to get the team promoted. Um, so very cool. Very important hire for the club. Very important hire for the documentary. It makes, um, I got to say, without Parkey getting hired, unless they were able to find somebody else of his stature, it would have been a massive letdown. So good for them, good for the show, good for us. <laughs> we're then introduced to Parkey, Phil Parkinson. Football's been in his family forever, which I completely understand. Sports has been in my family forever. He mentions that Robin Ryan buying the buying the club was big news and that he just needed to feel it out. And there is a lot of work to be done, um, which makes sense considering they didn't even make the playoffs the season before. Um, expectations have risen. Promotion is the goal. And now the pressure is on. Not everybody can handle that kind of pressure. I, for one, uh, am definitely not, I was definitely never a clutch player. I would get all in my head and freak out uh, when my team needed me to score or play better. Or no, I've played defense well in clutch moments, but scoring, uh, 
I'm talking about basketball right now because that was my sport. Scoring was not uh, my best attribute when it came to clutch moments. <laughs> the pressure's on. The pressure's on the whole team. A lot of new hires are going to be made. A lot of new signings. They're going to buy a lot of folks. And we're going to just rebuild. Fans have been starting to post at this point about a player named Paul Mullen. Um, he, he scored 32 goals for Cambridge in the previous season in League Two. He was the top scorer in League Two. And Sean Harvey makes it very clear that Wrexham should not be able to get him. Now, I don't know what they did. Uh, it seems like one of the big reasons that Mullen might want to join Wrexham is to live near his family. Um, and live out in Wrexham. So that is a big advantage. Like, it just seems like all the cards, all the stars are starting to align. Um, because the fact that that is a factor and that is such a big factor for the player that they desperately wanted and that the fans desperately wanted, that's, I mean, what a coincidence. Like, stars are aligning for sure. Um, and you can just kind of tell that things are going to go right for this club for a little bit. Um, and it may not, may not happen like immediately, but it will happen. It just seems like things are going to go well. Like not everything is always going to go well all the time, but the fact that they got Parky, they're going after Mullen, they get Mullen. <laughs> It's exactly what you'd want if you're a fan of this club. Sean Winter comes on and starts being real sentimental about football. Um, he said it's more than football. It's more than having a pint. It's mental well-being. And I would agree with him. And I would also add that people get obsessed with movies. People get obsessed, you know, back in the 1600s, people got obsessed with plays. People like pop culture. People like cheering for things and feeling emotion. Well, there's nothing quite like live, unscripted life um, and following a sports team. And so the fact that, I don't know, there's something innately human in wanting to cheer for sports and wanting to cheer for your team, your town, the people that you're surrounded with. Um, yeah, it, I've tried to explain this to my wife a bunch of times because she did not grow up in a sports family. She does not get why I scream at the TV and freak out about Texas A&M. I mean, she's starting to learn why, <laughs> but uh, it's a long process and it's I don't know, like the the amount of mental anguish that sports fans put themselves through is kind of impressive and also depressing. Like I'll I'll be livid for a week because Texas A&M blew it in the third quarter of a American football game. And she just doesn't understand why that could possibly be the case. And it's just because 
you just have this emotional and almost physical attachment to the team. I mean, I've been watching Texas A&M games, going to Texas A&M games, attached to the colors, love the jerseys, the shirts. I've been doing that since I was basically born. Um, and so having that and having that mindset is something that only sports fans can really understand. And it's really hard to learn it. Um, it's really hard to learn it. So if you didn't grow up with it, if you, if it wasn't instilled in you from the beginning, then it might be a long journey for you to get there. So I completely understand what Sean Winter is, is saying with this. It's more than football. It's more than having a pint with your mates. Um, yeah. And from there, we head to the stadium being open again. And fans are back. It was a long lockdown year where there were no fans, and it was high-level scrimmaging. And Mullen is here. Um, they're just begging. The fans are begging themselves to win the first match. <laughs> they're just pleading with the universe, please let us win the first match. Completely understand. You get Parky's first ever speech in a locker room. And just talk about gravitas and fire. Um, Phil Parkinson just has that, and Dean Keats didn't. Um, in my opinion, from, from, you know, to be fair, very limited number of times we saw Dean Keats in the locker room, but there's just something about Phil Parkinson that is magnetic and infectious and just motivates you. So, um, yeah, yeah, huge upgrade. And this is the moment when you hear the first ever Paul Mullen chant. Uh, it's a great moment. It's uh, a chant that I've sang hundreds of times at this point, if not thousands. Things have changed. There's a completely different feeling in the stadium. The fans are losing their minds. The stadium is packed. The anticipation is palpable. And the episode ends. <laughs> right when it's getting good there's Wrexham fever so this was episode 3 and in case you weren't around for the first episode the this is episode 3 of the series by the way this is episode 5 I believe of the podcast <clears throat> um, if you weren't around for the first analysis of the first episode uh, I give shows 3 episodes and if you're not sold after this episode, after that buildup, after the hype, I mean, I got friggin' chills in this episode from uh, right there at the end of the last like two whole minutes chills. And I, again, I've seen this like six times already. So the fact that I'm still getting chills watching the buildup and the anticipation for this season is pretty incredible. There's something to be said about that. And yeah. The rebuilding episode, I love that they packed a lot of the rebuilding into one episode. They hired three huge hires in this episode. Floor Robinson, uh, Phil Parkinson, and Paul Mullen. I mean, with those three, that's, that's, that's the triple right there. That's, those are the three you want. Those are probably the three that are most responsible for the team getting promoted. 
outside of Robin Ryan and whoever else is hiring, doing the hiring. Um, very impressive, very awesome. Bodes well for the remainder of the season. Um, yeah, it just sets everything up so nicely. So that about does it, y'all. I'm going to get back to my family. Uh, we're going to go see some waterfalls today. We're going to go see some lava pits today. Uh, maybe eat some bread that's been cooked underneath the ground in the geothermal spaces. Uh, that'll be really fun. So thank y'all so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, WXMTexan. Or <laughs> WXMTexan. Uh, Rexum Texan, WXM. Um, Texan on Twitter and Instagram. Somebody else had the full name Rexham Texan, which is fine. WXM Texan is just fine with me. So head on over there. Give me a follow. Like this show. Review this show if you find it useful or enjoyable. Um, I'm going to be doing this for years and years and years to come. I absolutely love Wrexham football. I follow it religiously. I watch every single possible game that I can. Um, I, if I can't watch it, I try to listen to it. And yeah, I would love to hear from anybody else out there. If you'd like to come on the show, please feel free to reach out. Director at PeacefulCProductions.com or you can message me on Instagram and or Twitter. I would love to have guests on this show. We can talk about a documentary episode. We can talk about a match. It just We can just talk about Wrexham in general. Uh, just anything that we want to talk about, I am down to talk about it if it involves Wrexham. Um, so thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. This is the Wrexham Texan. Up the town. You're gonna see it You're gonna see it and if you knock my soul oh, with all your strength, you're gonna find it. You're gonna find it.